Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. I want to welcome you to Believe Land, and this is the place where anything's possible. We have had an incredible three weeks. This is week four. And we've been bringing in what Cleveland did in 2015. And I want to share a principle tonight that LeBron does that I think is absolutely cool. He's been doing this year after year in the playoffs. And here's what he calls it. He calls it 0Dark30-23, his number. And he says, activated. This is what he tweeted out on April 14th of this year. It was just before the playoffs begin. And here's what LeBron does. He goes dark before the playoffs. That means he doesn't listen to anybody else's, doesn't read anyone else's tweets. He doesn't listen to the sports news. He doesn't listen to the pundits, the commentators. He doesn't listen to anything. He ignores everyone's opinions during the playoffs. And it really helps take him to another level. And I thought about the message I wanted to minister tonight. You know what I titled this message? Believing Ignores. And we're not talking about ignoring reality, but we're talking about going dark in a certain area and just ignoring some things that come at us. Because LeBron knows, these guys are using spiritual principles. And I can tell you, where they, you know where they get some of their principles? They have Navy SEALs come in and coach them on how to work these things and do these things. And really, they all, they all come into the Bible. They're from the Bible. So here, here's my big idea. This is what I want you to walk out remembering, and I don't think any of you will forget this big idea. It's what I don't think you're going to forget. And it goes like this. All hell breaks loose when your faith is loosed. And now don't go out and don't post Pastor Joe's custom church or anything like that. I'm going to say this a hundred times tonight, right? Uh, but all hell breaking loose is not cuss word, right? You know what all hell breaking loose means. It means everything just starts going wrong, right? Just everything begins to hit you. Here's the part you really want to understand. When your faith is loosed, you need to understand that. Do you know what that means? That means that when you see something in the Bible or God speaks something to your heart, you pray and you believe a promise or you step out on a promise or God's dealing with you to go this direction or that direction. And when you decide to go out and do it, all hell breaks loose. You know, Jesus promised that would happen. The Bible says it from cover to cover. This is going to happen. If you step out and, and, and on a promise, you step out on something God's doing with you to do, you'd start that business. Whatever it is, man, all hell breaks loose when your faith is loose. So some of you are in here. You've, you've already had it happen over and over. Let's say you're sitting here and God deals with you. I need to be water baptized. I mean, I, I know I was baptized as a baby or an adult, but I just really accepted Christ and I need to go public with my faith. I guarantee you, when you go sign up at the iPad or call, when you sign up, I guarantee you all hell will break loose. Your schedule will go crazy. They, they will book you to work weekends until you die. I mean, all kinds of things will happen. I guarantee you, you're sitting there and you think, I need to fulfill my purpose. I have this passion. There are these things I want to do. I'm going to sign up and volunteer so I can fulfill my purpose. I guarantee you, second you go sign up and volunteer, all hell breaks loose. I mean, things are going to, you're going to have opposition. Something's going to come up in your life. This is going to happen. You're going to become busy over here. All hell breaks loose. As soon as you make a decision, your faith is loose. Here, I'll tell you another one. You're sitting here and you know the Bible teaches 
that when we tithe, it breaks the curse over our finances. God promised that, and it opens up the heavens. You're sitting there saying, Pastor Joe, or God, I'm not ready for that yet, God, but I'm gonna begin to give 3%, and you make a commitment in your heart, I'm gonna begin giving 3% to God. I guarantee you, all hell breaks loose when your faith is loose. Things will just break loose. Uh, you're sitting here, and God's dealing with you to start a business, and you say, all right, I'm gonna do that, God. I'm gonna step out, I'm gonna make this move. All hell breaks loose when your faith is loosed. And I want you to walk out and understand it. So when, when I was in high school, I, played, I went through Catholic school. I play, played football JFK. And it's my junior year. Our arch rival is Hallen back then. We, we had a much bigger JFK school. And we played them the last game of every year. So they're our arch rival. And it's a really close game. And, and I'm playing right linebacker, 5-2 defense. And we want to stop them from getting the first down. So I'm all hyped up. The guy in front of me, the guard, comes out. I, had, I, I was able to get his head before it came up and just push him out of the way. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then the, he fakes over here, and he hands off to the tailback. And I have this tailback in my eyes, and I'm like, oh, you are mine. And I'm thinking I'm going to hit my helmet right on the ball. He's going to fumble. This is going to be awesome. And just as I get close, there was a tackle down here. And he was coming at me. I didn't see him. Here's the worst part. He was my friend. We, we lived in the same neighborhood. We were buddies. And he was just going to knock me up, hit me at the shoulder, and knock me out of the way. But one of my guys tripped him, and he f begins to fall. And do you know he hits me in the knee right here, the knee I sprained four weeks ago? He hits me here, tears my ligaments, my, my tendons, have to have surgery back when they did the real long scars, you know. And here's what I want to say to you. This is why I'm sharing the story. Just when I thought... I had it in my hands. All hell broke loose on that field, right? And here's what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants to knock the legs out from under you. I promise you that. Every time you make a decision to do what God's dealing with your heart to do. Jesus talked about this. The parable of the sower, incredible story Jesus told. He used the farmer, and he, he said, hey, this farmer planted seeds, and there were four types of soil, and the soil represents a Christian's heart. And so he shares it, and he talks about this second type. He says it's shallow soil. It's only about this deep, and then there's rock underneath. The seed went in. It sprouted instantly. And then the sun came up, and it withered the plant because the roots weren't deep enough to go to the water. So they asked Jesus, explain these. So here's how he explained the second one. It's amazing. Here's what he said it represents. Mark 4, 16. Others like the seed sown on rocky places hear the word, and at once receive it with joy. So here's what happens. Okay, Jesus, you want me to be water baptized? I'm going to be water baptized. That's, that's what we saw. All right, Jesus, you want me? I, I have a destiny. I have a purpose, and, and I can volunteer, and, and I can take what's a passion to me and do it here and do it for your kingdom. All right, Jesus, I'm going to do it. What, whatever it is. But Jesus, you promised me this? All right, I pray, and I believe I receive it, Jesus. Jesus is talking about you receiving it and saying, I believe it. It can be any part of the Bible. It could be just accepting Christ as your Savior or any other part of the Bible. But here's what happens. Watch this. Verse 17. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, all hell breaks loose. Because of the word, they quickly fall away. I want to help you see that this is just the most amazing thing ever. First of all, this is a good Christian. It's a great Christian. They just haven't had time to be established in this truth. So they heard it. They said, yeah, and that happens to all of us. Like, whoa, this is awesome. Yes, Jesus, I'll, I'll do that. I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe. But they don't have time to establish their roots. And the enemy knows, boy, if they establish their roots, they're going to keep going in this. i got to hit them now. And that, that's what this is about. He wants to come and hit you now. And let's listen to the last part. 
they quickly fall away. Here's, here's the enemy scheme. He already lost you. You're going to heaven. You accepted Christ. Now what he wants to do is make sure you're not productive. That's his big goal. I don't want you to be productive. And every time you see a part of the Bible and it clicks with you and you decide to step out on the water, you decide to pray it, you decide to do what God's dealing with your heart to do, he thinks, I've got to stop that because if they do that, they're going to shake up my kingdom and they're going to advance God's kingdom. So what does he do? Trouble and persecution comes. Did you notice this part? Because of the word. That means the Bible. That means whatever you saw, whatever you received with joy, trouble comes because of that. So what's Jesus saying? All hell breaks loose when your faith is loosed. Now, if you don't know that, <laughs> you'll back off, and, and the enemy will control. He'll take you wherever he wants you to go because you don't realize that's his plan. But when you know that, hey, this is going to happen, We'll tell you at the end three little things you can do. You're just going to say, that's all right. You bring it on. I'm not backing off. I'm going forward because all hell breaks loose when my faith is loose. So there's another character in the Bible. I love this guy, one of my favorites. His name's Daniel. And Daniel was a captive in Babylon. And he, he just is praying and he's saying, God, I would like to know what's going to happen to my people, the Jewish people, in the latter days. And Daniel actually becomes a sister book to Revelation. Revelation is a book that is prophetic about the last day. Daniel is a book that's prophetic about the last days too. But he prayed this prayer. 21 days passed. 21 days. And I don't know about you, but he, he's you know, probably a little antsy. And then an angel comes. God sends an angel to answer the prayer because he didn't want it messed up. The angel is going to verbally tell him this is what you write down in Daniel, because we can't mess this up. This is about the last days. So the angel comes, and now this is the angel. He's, he's talking to Daniel, and he says in Daniel 10, 12, then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. I think this is awesome. The next time you pray, the next time I pray, can we remember... God hears and sends answers real fast. I mean, he did it the day he prayed. But then I want you to see something else. Verse 13, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was det detained there with the king or the prince of Persia. Now, this is happening where Daniel, Daniel cannot even see all hell break loose, but it's breaking loose. Do you know that when you pray behind the scenes, all hell breaks loose too? It happens with these eyes, and, and, and sometimes what's happening out there comes in, in the, into our sight. But this is powerful. I want to help you understand it. In, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, the Bible says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and it goes on. And all it's saying is this, our enemy has a kingdom, and he has leaders in it, and their goal is to blind us or make sure we don't believe the truth. Their goal is to discourage us. Their goal is to stir people up against us. That's just who they are. So this is the prince of Persia. It's not a person. This guy oversees that whole realm in the demonic uh, place behind the scenes. And so here's the angel coming from heaven to tell Daniel, here's what's going to happen to your people. And this this prince stops him, and he won't let him pass. He won't let him get the prayer to him. So guess who has to come? Michael. Michael's the head, 
warrior angel. Nobody messes with Michael. Michael is incredible. When Satan rebelled, Michael grabbed Satan like this when he rebelled. and went, just threw him to the, there's not a battle there, but Michael had to come because this prince of Persia was bigger than the messenger angel. You know, it's like, hey, I don't fight, man. That's not my gig. And so uh, Michael came, but here's what I want you to see. All you and I have to do is pray. God does all the behind the scenes stuff, right? We can take authority and do all that stuff. But on our end, it might look like nothing's happening, but all hell broke loose behind the scenes. And God's orchestrating things and trying to make sure those things come. So even with Daniel, when he prayed, all hell broke loose. Well, there's this other guy in the Bible, and this is an incredible example. This guy's famous. He's the shortest guy in the Bible. Um, his name's Nehemiah, but his real name was Maya, and they just used to call him Nehemiah. And uh, so, so that Nehemiah was his. Uh, that's just his nickname. Uh, shortest guy in the Bible. Absolutely not, not fibbing at all. So Nehemiah is captive in Persia, and uh, Jerusalem was attacked and conquered 152 years before Nehemiah chapter one. It was attacked. It was conquered, and so now Nehemiah is living as a captive there, but it's loosened up. Uh, Artaxerxes is the king of Persia, and guess what Nehemiah's job is? He's the head bartender. <laughs> That's awesome. So he keeps Artaxerxes really, really happy, right? And Artaxerxes is like, That's the best wine, the best beer. You're awesome. So uh, Artaxerxes allowed them to rebuild Jerusalem, which was amazing. So Nehemiah goes back to him, and this is a tougher thing. He says, You know that beautiful wall that you guys destroyed 152 years ago? I'd like to rebuild the wall. Now Artaxerxes has to think twice because that's protection if they want to rebel, right? So, uh, but he said, Nehemiah, you, you go ahead and do it. I'll let you do it. And what's amazing now is you just study this, this part of the Bible. What's amazing is the same thing our enemy does to us was done to Nehemiah. And it kind of comes in stages. So I thought I would just let you see what happened. And the first thing that happens is he tries to plant doubt in our minds. So listen to Nehemiah 4.1. Sanballat. Now, Sanballat, he, he was one of the top leaders in the Persian Empire. But Artaxerxes didn't know he was doing this. He hated the Jews, but Artaxerxes had no idea this was going on. And so it says, was very angry when he learned that uh, they were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews. Listen to some of the things they say. This is one way the enemy attacks us with doubt. Verse 2, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build a wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Uh, do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap, heap and charred ones at that? Listen, one more, listen. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Now, I can guarantee you it happens in my life. I know it's happening in your life. Soon as you decide to pray something and believe God for it, uh, to walk out, step out on what God's done, I guarantee you 
one of the first things the enemy's gonna do is bring doubt to you. He might bring people up to say things to you and just cause you to doubt, or he's gonna, he can insert thoughts in our mind. He's gonna cause you to doubt. And you have to know all hell breaks loose when your faith is loose. And didn't it happen to Nehemiah? It's happening. You know what happened when this didn't work? Nehemiah was strong. Nehemiah said, I don't care what you say. I'm gonna go do what God's called me to do. We're rebuilding the wall. So Nehemiah goes to do it. Watch what happens next. It, it becomes overt next. And it reads like this. Um, it says, at last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Verse 7, but when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall in Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. And that's what's happening behind the scenes with our enemy. Verse 8, they all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. Verse 9, but we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night and protected ourselves. And th this is absolutely amazing because what they had to do is half the Jews that were rebuilding the wall had to grab swords and helmets and shields. So half of them are fighting a war. The other half are building the wall. But guess what? They built it. They, they, they accomplished it. Now all they have left are, 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 are the gates. And you know what the enemy does next? You, you handle the doubt, you handle the overt attacks. Do you know what happened next? It's absolutely, it's in chapter five, Nehemiah. They began to become in strife with each other. And isn't that what the enemy does? Just when you're standing your ground, you begin to have relationship problems and strife problems. But guess what? Nehemiah walked them through that. But now, just as the gates are being ready to be laid in, guess what happens? Send ballot, he goes to Artaxerxes, and he says, I wanna tell you something, I heard a whisper Nehemiah is planning a rebellion, and they're going to rebel. And if you let him finish that wall, they're going to start a war with us. And thankfully, Artaxerxes went to Nehemiah and said, is this true? And Nehemiah said, no. And he believed him, and they accomplished the building of the wall. But boy, you can see the devil will lie. He'll, people will lie. Um, strife will come in relationships, overt attacks. Uh, doubt will flood your mind. All hell breaks loose when our faith is loosed. Now, when I know that's gonna happen, you get ready for it, you know? When you know something's coming your way, you get in a different stance, right? You see it, you see it coming. And, and that's what God wants us to do. That's what happened with the shallow soil. They weren't Christians long enough. They didn't understand. And so they just ran off and they backed off. And God's saying to you, hey, when you believe me, don't you dare back off. And I wanna just share three things with you that absolutely incredible. Here's the first one. If you do these, you'll be able to stand up against all these storms. The first one is just real simple. Focus on truth. And here's what I think about when I think about focusing. Whatever God spoke to you, whatever you stood on, whatever you prayed, stay focused on it. Remember when Peter walked on the water? The disciples are in a boat. The storm comes. Jesus is on the shore praying. But they think they're going to die, and then Jesus comes walking on the water. It had to be awesome. They thought it was a ghost. Then Peter said, no, that's not a ghost. That's Jesus. And then Peter said this. He said, Jesus, if that be you, bid me to come. And Jesus said one word. He said, come. That's the equivalent of every, any scripture in the Bible. That's God's word. Jesus said, come. And on one little word, Peter got out of the boat, and he was walking on the water. That's amazing. One word from God. He walked on water. That's supernatural. One word. But then, guess what? The storm 
got bigger, I guarantee you. The waves began to hit Peter in the face. He's having a mouthful of water. Lightning probably almost struck. Thunder's banging. And Peter looks at the waves, and the Bible says he begins to sink. And I love what Jesus did. Jesus reached out his arm, grabbed Peter's hand, and I, I, I bet he said this, focus, Peter, focus. Peter looked at him, and he just went to walk. And I bet you Peter went out there, and him and Jesus did a it. It had to be so awesome. He had to be looking at the other guys in the boat saying, wimps, come on out here, you wimps. You can stand on the same word. And I'm telling you, all hell breaks loose when your faith is loosed. That's just what our enemy does. So you need to do what Jesus taught us with Peter. You need to focus and say, I don't care what's happening. This is what the Bible says. I'm going to stand on it. Here's the next thing. I think we need to confess the truth. You know, you know what I mean? Like if you prayed a prayer and you said, Jesus, I'm, I think you need to just keep thanking God that he answers that prayer or keep reminding yourself so, so the storm becomes smaller as you remind yourself of what God said. So this is a true story. My son Joe um, he shared a story about his brother-in-law, uh, Jeremy, and Jeremy's married to Aaron's sister, Kara. Now, Jeremy's really, really sharp IT guy, and he's an engineer, works for Honda down there in, in the Columbus area. Jeremy took her iPhone. And you know how we have autocorrect on, when we do text and send text with our smartphones? And sometimes we send people things, and we're like, I didn't type that. That's crazy. And you get some crazy words. Well, he went in. I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to ask him how to do this because I have to do it sometime. But he, he put in the autocorrect. Every time she types Jeremy, change it, autocorrect it to my master. And uh, so she'd be saying, Jeremy, I need you to do this when you come home. And it would say, my master, I need you to do this when you come home. And she got it after a while. She's like, why does it keep saying my master every time? And here's what I think we need to do, guys. We need to auto-correct. Every time we see a storm, every time we see all hell break loose, we need, to, we need to auto-correct our confession, and we need to not say what we see. And I'm not talking about denying reality and you know, not making, shifting our plans or going to a doctor. We need to just look at that storm, all that hell that broke loose, and we need to begin to auto-correct our words and say and declare what God has said and what God has declared. And the third one, this one, this is really important. You ready? We need to just stand on the truth. And here's what I mean. This is Ephesians 6 again. Listen to verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, the day of evil is when all hell breaks loose, uh, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. So you and I have to know this. It's important. After you do everything the Bible says to do, sometimes all hell just sticks around a little bit, right? The storms stick around. The attack sticks around. And you didn't do anything wrong, and you have to know that. You have to say, you know what? I realize this happens. I've done everything I know to do. I'm going to stand firm. And, and, and I am so excited as I look out here because I have a bunch of Christians that have made some decisions to stand firm. You're gonna focus on the truth. You're gonna confess the truth. You're gonna stand firm. And as we do, and we understand, hey, this is, this is what our enemy does, then we can stand our ground. And I wanna just say to you, as I've lived my Christian life, from the ministry point of view, which would be similar to businessmen in here, businesswomen, and from my personal life point of view, every time that I go forward, 
all hell breaks loose. And some of it's shocking. You're like, whoa, I didn't see this coming. But here's what I've learned. Ignore it. Stand on the truth. Keep, keep swinging your sword. The armor's on. And stand firm. How many of us can say, thank you, Jesus, for that? Can we give them just a little clap, a little celebration offering? <laughs> Lord, we love you and we thank you for that. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Lord, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. Man, we love you. Lord, this week, remind us when we need to go dark. <laughs> remind us when we, we, we need to autocorrect, Lord. Just, man, remind us when the devil's trying to take our legs out. Remind us, God, that all hell is breaking loose because of us standing on the word of God. And Lord, every one of us in this room, we thank you for just changing us forever, opening up our understanding forever in this area of the Bible. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Attitude of prayer. I believe God's speaking to all of our hearts right now, dealing with us and opening up our eyes, doing some cool things, giving us some direction, exhorting us, encouraging us. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you came tonight and you're not sure of your forever. I can guarantee you those guys that we talked about, and uh, you don't have to be scared tonight when you go to sleep. They can't hurt you. But they're back there trying to keep you from the truth, man. They're up there doing their thing, trying to blind all of us. But let me tell you the truth. Here's the truth. Jesus came. Jesus died on a cross so you could live forever and go to heaven. That's why he did it, so God could become your father. And every one of us has to have a time, a moment in our life when we say, Jesus, I believe that, and I make a decision today to accept you and to follow you. There has to be a day in our life where we make it real with Jesus. And growing up in America can be confusing because we hear about him, so we can even go to church, we can grow up in church, and we can think, I'm okay. But no, you're not okay till you yourself, from your heart, cry out to Jesus and say, I believe in you, and I'm going to follow you. And maybe you're here tonight, you say, Pastor Joe, this is a beautiful night, but I, I just came to church, and it you know, here I am, and I believe you came because God wants to just absolutely, just radically change your world for the good. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, that's me. I need to make it personal with Jesus. Would you pray with us right now? Everyone else in the room, we're just going to help you. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you're the Savior. I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you today. Amen. Now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I prayed that prayer. I gave my heart to Jesus tonight. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to get out of your seat, but I want you to know something. The Bible teaches us all of heaven is celebrating. That's because you become one of God's kids. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.